0: Hi, everyone. Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome another episode of white label american thank you all for joining us today uh if you haven't signed up to whitelabelamerican.com, label please do and to everyone who's has been sharing who has um, been showing love um, giving us five star reviews please thank you first of all but please keep them coming because we need more you know drives up up the algorithm we are in the ai world now so hey you know just like westworld so if you don't know westworld so it's a show on um, hbo so check it out but um i'm not giving that promo right now but anyway stick let's stick to the plan thank you for helping us but uh we need more help so keep giving us five star reviews and if you have any feedback that you want to give hey send us an email Let us know we'd love to hear from you you can do that on the website hit the contact button or um drop a voice note i would love to hear from you even if you feel you you have a strong view drop it and we'll make an episode with your viewpoints and yeah even if you disagree you agree we don't only want to hear from people who agree and who love us want to hear from everybody um also after you listen to to today's episode um please feel free to send your feedback and let us know if you've had anything that happened in your life that um changed the way you view your parents. yes afterwards uh, especially if you've you no longer have your parents with you or both, both of your parents or either one of your parents so yeah send send your feedback so either you send an email at white american at gmail.com or you just go to our link on the on the website or you hit me on social media instagram twitter yeah open uh, the 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 inbox is open to you yeah especially for positive stuff so if you want to support join us on patreon for as low as three dollars or you go on um hit the donate the donate button and yeah send your donations you can do the jeff bezos thing when Send as much as you want. We we accept it. As far as it's dollars, euros, and um yeah, British pounds telling Yeah, we accept that. We, we accept the currencies that have the most value. That's what I'm saying right now. Uh, if you want to send crypto, we negotiate and we negotiate about that. And um if you want to send Naira, Nigerians, I know you. And shout out to people listening in Ukraine. I've, I've been getting listeners in Ukraine. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to you. You know, we love you guys. We know what's going on in Ukraine. So hey, much respect. You know, to the guys in Ukraine. Um, Yeah, and um, and I got listeners all over the world. Don't think I I don't know about that. So shout out to each and every one of you. We love you. And appreciate the love. Keep sharing and promoting us. Thank you very much. So with that being said, we'll welcome back a returning guest. We have a good friend of the podcast. Ashwin Gotham, Gopi. What's up? You know, he's an uh, entrepreneur. Uh-huh. His, uh, um, husband, a teacher, uh-huh. Brooklyn Knight, uh-huh. Dravidian,
1: uh-huh.
0: co-founder of Rise Products, uh-huh. also teaches at NYU. Father, and, yeah, did I miss father? Uh-huh. Oh, father, yeah, which which is also a yeah. big a big part of today's uh, topic. So, um, forgive me for missing that. But we have so much more that we'll be covering, and um, yeah, so returning guest also. So I'm welcome so back. Happy to be back. How you doing today?
1: Doing amazing, dude. Really, really good. It's a beautiful day outside.
0: Yes, it is a beautiful day. And we'll be hanging out after this mm-hmm. episode. And uh, thank you for this. Uh, what are we drinking again?
1: Uh, we're having Wayusa. So it's an alkali compound similar to caffeine, similar to coffee. And uh, apparently it makes you talkative.
0: Oh. <laughs> Wayusa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Jaguar be- energy, dude. Jaguar energy. I Jaguar think, I think energy. that's what I would go with. Jaguar yeah. energy. Yeah, um, Wayusa sounds. Uh, then the name Whyusa, mm-hmm. it, it kind of sounds um, similar to. I don't know if it's a name or an area mm-hmm. in Benin City. Mm-hmm. They have names that sound like Wa Wa mm-hmm. Wyan, then uh, something But it it just I don't know. It just took me to Benin City, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Where, why? Or, you know, <laughs> it will come back to me in a few. But before we dive into why you're back for part two, mm-hmm. you know, last time we didn't really talk about your uh, the company that you you co-founded. Oh yeah. So just give the
1: audience an introduction into Rice Products. Sure, sure, yeah, totally. So my this is Rice Products is actually the brainchild of my wife. Um, And we really believe in this philosophy called industrial symbiosis. Mm. So industrial symbiosis is a concept that is inspired by ecology, environmental ecology, right? But on an industrial scale where basically the byproduct of one industry can turn into the raw material of another. So we really wanted to inculcate this concept in Brooklyn where we live somehow. And we literally visited landfills. And when we went to the landfills where New York City trash was thrown, we discovered that this is one specific material that's very homogeneous and it's been thrown away, and we traced it back, and we found that it actually came from breweries. So oh, wow. there are a lot of microbreweries in many cities yes. around the country, well, right? it's and it's a big it's thing booming. Right it's really booming industry. Uh-huh. Every time you make beer, every time you make even just six-pack of beer, yes. you waste one pound of grain, right? So the way you make beer is you boil all this malted barley. Yes. Uh, you extract all the sugars from it and you ferment that sugar water into beer. Right? Yes. But what's left behind is all this rich protein and fiber. And because breweries are in cities and there's no infrastructure to deal with it, they have no other option but to throw it away. Oh. Yeah. So instead, we work with oh, yeah. breweries to collect this, dehydrate it, mill it, turn it into a high fiber, high protein Flour, which we then sell to food manufacturers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it used to be a waste product, but now by treating it as a food ingredient and handling it safely and turning it into a, a shelf-stable product, you can actually extend its shelf life and make it have a second life as a nutrition for humans. <coughs> so...
0: When the the beer the the sorry the grain is mm-hmm. boiled for mm-hmm. well, as part of the beer making process, yep. The, the nutrients taken from, from the grain is mm-hmm. not like how how much percentage goes away from the grain.
1: So you lose a lot of the sugar. The carbohydrate is mm-hmm. what is lost. Oh, but what is left behind is all the fiber and the protein, the minerals, the vitamins. They're all there in the. Grain, they're locked in the grain. Oh, wow. Yeah. They make kind of like a barley tea. Right? And so what then happens to it? And it's a lot. Just in the United States, just in the craft industry, they produce like I think 42 million tons of spent grain per year, which is enough to feed the entire population of South America. Their entire nutritional needs can be taken care of from this one source of waste, from this one industry. Wow. Yeah, it's an immense, immense source of waste. Now, in many places, it's used as animal feed, right? Because Mm -hmm. from an infrastructure perspective, that's the kind of the best use that you can use for it. Uh, But by turning it into something that's uh, directly valuable to human beings, you know, it's the most valuable usage for it. Okay. And it is food, and it is treated as food up to a stage. Right, so why not then continue that and then yeah. make it food grade all the way and, and, and you know divide uh, breweries production lines into a solid and a liquid component. Hmm. You know, why should breweries be in the beer business when they can be in the grain business? Wow, why mm-hmm. should
0: breweries be in the beer business?
1: Why don't they own all of the grain? Yeah. Yeah, why only take the sugar from the grain and throw the rest of it out? Hmm. Use the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. That, that makes sense. So, yep. um, with, with the situation in Ukraine right mm-hmm. now, is that um, having an impact on the grain situation over here?
1: So, Ukraine is like a uh, w- you know, very, very important source of wheat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wheat is uh, one of the ingredients of beer sometimes. Uh, not all beers have wheat in it. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sure it is impacting supply chains in Europe right now. But here in the U.S., I guess not, because a lot of the, especially the New York City craft, uh, you know, craft beer makers, they use a lot of locally grown grain. It's all grown within 200 miles, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, Mm -hmm. Central and Western New York. Uh, In Western New York, in Batavia, New York, uh, outside of Buffalo, there is a craft malter, called New York Craft Malt, and he he is one of the very first craft malters. He, He buys locally grown barley. And malts it and he supplies it to New York State based breweries. Wow. So it's pretty local.
0: So there's also an opportunity for this uh, recycled grain mm-hmm. to provide um, mm-hmm. to um to help in when it comes to food um what's the word insecurity. Yeah. Yes, definitely food insecurity. Yes, in Hundred percent
1: which is why uh, I now also work for a nonprofit called More Than a Meal, and More Than a Meal. Yeah, More Than a Meal is a program which we work with restaurants. So we raise capital and we use restaurants as infrastructure to feed people. We find a lot of the time that with food insecurity, it's not a question of affordability that prevents people from having access to. Uh, you know, food when they need it. It's rather, it's a question of accessibility. You know, it's like if you have no time and you are not walking past any place that you can afford a healthy food at mm-hmm. between your workplace and home, most of the time, then you're eating something unhealthy or not eating, mm-hmm. right? So then to be able to turn restaurants in, you know, from closed doors into neighborhood resources, for uh, meals i think uh, just changes the way that you think about your neighborhood and where you work and where you live um and it kind of yeah, br- builds those bridges but also that platform then allows us to then provide people with other resources that could they could be missing and so we're trying to work together with like insurance companies and other nonprofits to kind of um kind of take care of the social determinants of health out of which food in food security is like a pretty big deal Pretty big part of that. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I just remember the same yeah. thing. So oh. it's kind of like I t- we, we try to do both sides of it. There is an immense, immense, immense amount of food that is wasted. And at the same time, there are so many people who go hungry. Oh. You know, and we need to really fix this food system, which is like, this is really broken. It is. It's very disjoint, very broken. A uh, lot of mistrust. Yeah. you know between different parties a lot of people have very uh subjective perspectives on uh, food quality visual information seems to be very very important to people to the extent where 40 percent of food gets rejected at various stages that's, that, that's a great point that
0: you brought up there mm-hmm. because uh that was pre-pandemic i was at uh, i can't remember what event I was at? Mm-hmm. I think it was for a, a veterans and uh, veterans entrepreneur mm-hmm. event, and someone. I think that was the first time I. I is it called Ugly Fruits or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, sure. And the the gentleman talked about um, his mm-hmm. company. Either a gentleman or a woman, mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. recall, who was the president representing the company, but how the fruits that they 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 market. Mm. are fruits that aren't the best looking yeah, yeah. but actually mm-hmm. they are still nutritious, they're still good to go but yeah. just because they don't look yeah. you know, as yeah. cute you know, and people mm-hmm. think, oh I don't want to touch them but they are good, so yeah, yeah.
1: they're cheaper but sure. they're good and yeah, yeah. I was like, huh,
0: that's
1: actually a mm-hmm. great point. And yeah. One of I the know, problems we'll with ugly that. fruit and vegetables yeah. is that they come with a lot of packaging Mm-hmm. Because they're misshapen, yeah. they cannot be transported in the usual ways. The, the way that the 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 so-called perfect fruit or vegetable is probably perfectly round, so it sits, you know, in you know perfectly in its little packaging, you know. But versus yeah. for ugly fruit needs to be m- packed more mm. in order to protect it from damage during transport. So that's one of oh. the issues also that they have with ugly fruit is uh, It comes with a lot of packing. They come individually wrapped. To be protected from damage, so it's so it's like ugly fruits. You see, like it's like we're caught in so many little traps here and there. But it's uh, it's due to it's due to other reasons. It's more like due to infrastructure reasons and Mm -hmm. zoning and like the way we build cities and access. Um, yeah, the amount we rely on trucks, you know, those are the kind of like things also that cause a lot of pollution in the in the food. in the food industry I'm,
0: I'm glad that people like yourself are working on solutions mm-hmm. and it's not just like the elon musk type of uh, like show me show me the spreadsheets <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah
1: um hey there are those kind of people in non-profits too by the way sorry there are those kind of people in non-profits. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm, especially here in New York City. Yeah, I, I know, but
0: uh, mm-hmm. I just had to throw that Twitter joke.
1: A mm-hmm. Lot of finance and tech bros. Yeah, try to come in and disrupt non-profits, you know, and uh, they 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 try to present they bring on the same kind of assumptions, the same kind of methods, mm-hmm. in the name of efficiency and value and things like that. But what they don't seem to realize is. That, um, when when you are not working for a stakeholders, uh, you know, like a shareholders profit yeah. motive, you realize that people's motivations are different, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the way you design solutions cannot just be the same kind of assumptions that you have. I mean, there are people out there like scalping people for their data through non profits, you know uh doing the exact same thing that they do in their apps yeah. but through a non-profit model you know yeah, I, i'm, I'm, I'm just saying telling someone yeah. Who yeah, there did you go.
0: something like that and then uh-huh. run for office using uh, oh okay. <laughs> <The app. laughs> yeah yeah you see that? yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what
1: they do yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah, yeah it was a whole you know, whole yeah, yeah. of they, scandal, all, they sell the, the all the data will be sold to like uh, dc based think tanks who then use it you know, to be political consultants mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it it's a whole crazy out there, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm just glad that there's real world solutions mm-hmm. happening.
1: And yes, to be honest, yes, there is a <coughs> lot of optimism too. Yeah, and yeah. I'm optimistic
0: about mm-hmm. it because just hearing something as simple as the grain that people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that people would have dumped yeah. or are dumping from beer, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and a lot of people like beer. I love beer.
1: Of course.
0: And not in the Supreme Court justice way. Mm -hmm. But it's relatable Mm -hmm. to a lot of people all over the world. Sure. And hearing that, you can see that, oh, there's ways we can Mm -hmm. use this. Yeah. It's not something so grand that sounds like impossible. No. No. So just walking from there. Yeah, yeah. You can be like, okay, what, what the next step, it's mm-hmm. easy to now say, okay, the next step, I can follow along to the next step, and then follow along to the next step. Yeah, it's it starting with, I mean, yeah. for
1: me, like, I think it's just being an immigrant, I'm always, like, trying to look for free sources of stuff, like, free food, and you're never, ever, as an immigrant, you're never eligible for any benefits, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't get SNAP or EBT or something, you're always looking for free food, and that's how I found this grain. Right for I think it comes out of need. I think that makes you like hungry and you look at the streets different. Mm-hmm. That's
0: a great point, there. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: a great point. And though some people wouldn't still believe it. They're be like hell no. <laughs> some people have made made yeah, it sound yeah, this like we, we, we advan- are the only ones getting all the free stuff.
1: This is this is just advanced dumpster diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, advanced dumpster. <laughs> you just coming with gems today. <laughs>
0: Ah man. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well that's it. my job, you know. So, um what are the uh, the the because you you mentioned
1: flour. Sure.
0: Is it are there other
1: applications for
0: it? Well, yeah, food items that are made from
1: Oh, well our bread. clients make a variety of things. It goes into everything from um the coating on fish sticks mm. uh to pizza dough, bread, okay. pastries, you know, there's so many different things that they make with it. Well, There're also some people make brownie mixes you know uh-huh. dry mixes and yeah. banana bread mixes and stuff like that so it has a variety of applications it can be replaced nobody just eats just that i mean you want to like still put like all-purpose flour in it for like you know to hold it together for the gluten yeah you know um, but it still adds a lot of protein and fiber and it extends the shelf life of the recipe too strangely wow. enough yeah due to its very dry nature So
0: I ask that because I'm, Mm -hmm. uh, with the general elections coming in Nigeria Mm -hmm. next year, I've been attending more um, Nigerian, uh, I've been more present in the Nigerian platform where, you know, we get to talk Mm -hmm. about Nigerian issues Mm -hmm. uh, pertaining to the election and then politics and all that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times, you know, it's... People, and it's not, it's not an attack on most Nigerians in diaspora, but a lot of times it's like we focus so much on just grand solutions, everything has mm-hmm. to be like a big mm-hmm. solution, mm-hmm. and you know, like some people, like yesterday I was there, and who mm-hmm. were like, oh, I'm not going to vote because, mm-hmm. you know, everything will be rigged, so there's no point, and, mm-hmm. but we need change, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, so... Which is it? The yeah, idea yeah. That you 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 voting for the person who you think will bring change or there will be no change, and every time someone tries to bring the idea, like, yes, there are solutions that can be applied right now, mm-hmm. and it's not going to mean that all sectors will be changed immediately, mm-hmm. and it's like people just shut you down, like, no, 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 it has to be something that changes everything, all sectors, all industries, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I don't think change works like that, mm-hmm. but I can only offer a solution that might work in mm-hmm. one industry and then mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. starts to be replicated in other mm-hmm. places and other people might, because you know, we were talking about hunger
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if yeah, one million people start being fed
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the news spreads, mm-hmm. hey, this is working mm-hmm. in this state, you yes. know, that was, oh, people yes. can replicate it before you know yes 50 million people can mm-hmm. be fed and mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. can change the lives of 50 million people mm-hmm. within four years yeah uh i think a lot of the security issues
1: yeah
0: will be solved but yeah, for sure it's like someone it's like no you must come with one billion dollars and
1: yeah yeah <sighs> radical change uh, yeah I don't,
0: say, but I don't know maybe that's why i can never I will never hold office, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, it's not even political. I mean, you know, really, I feel like there is this feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. That we are suffering from that. I think is the thing that, you know, fentanyl, guns, abortion, uh, whatever, you know, all these things, what they, and political apathy, all these things, what they have in common is hopelessness yes. in the center, which I think is the main disease. And, uh, you know, and to address that, it cannot be a political solution, it has to be a cultural understand. you know, like, kind of like, uh, I guess, some sort of like realization mm. and the creation of some sort of species based identity at some point, you know, we need to hit that point pretty quickly. We are heading there, but there are so many of these hurdles that keep coming up to prevent that from happening. But a species-wide identity as human beings is so important for us because we need to realize ecologically, we have surpassed the need for natural resources, right? Um, Since the 70s, we have grown more food than humans need. And since then, we are wasting more and more and more. And The same thing is applicable to most natural resources. What we have instead... It's a logistical problem, and more importantly, a motivation problem Mm. due to, uh, you know, the existence of uh, currency, right, as the main motivating force behind actions, right? Like, why should human actions not be determined by needs, right, Mm. Mm -hmm. and the resources that we have? But for that, you (coughs) need a species-wide identity, right? And so... Mm. I think that's where we're heading, and, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, there's a lot of different barriers. We keep falling into a lot of traps. And by the way, a species-wide identity is also a trap, right? I mean, you that you fall into. Um, but it's not particularly the best perspective, right? You can also argue for a more broader ecological, maybe universal identity. However, I say it's good enough first step for us as a species. Let's just get to there. Let's so, just get to species-level identity. Right now, we so, are stuck.
0: So, when you say broader ecological mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. how would you define that to
1: someone who's never heard
0: of that before?
1: Kind of like identifying ourselves based on species first, rather than uh, other social uh, cues, okay. right? I mean, we identify ourselves as being members of family, nation, city, state, all these like social constructs. Right, So uh, why not start with a more material concept, right? Uh, why not a more material biological based identity? And that's why I think we should start with species uh, as a major, like the main core identifying marker for our, ourselves, for our notion of uh, the self. You know, the identity of self should be constructed around this kind of like, Social, but also material conditions. Not particular. Not only social. I think one of the problems is that the re- reason there is so much like irony and like hopelessness in general is also due to the effects of postmodernism in the way we think. Mm-hmm. And I know that people say, "Oh, postmodernism, blah blah." blah That's the left. It really isn't. It's everybody. You know, yes, yes. everybody kind it, of it stuck in this postmodern malaise where everything is so everything is socially constructed. Mm. There is almost like we have forgotten the existence of material reality. You know, we get lost in this identity and and, and all this kind of like biases and warfare based on perception. Mm. You know, these kind of like artificial constructs uh, and, you know, the belief in the social construct of whatever the constitution versus uh, this uh, whatever, uh, you know, kind of like... Uh, Gender and sexual based identities, we have really kind of like created these kind of different kinds of like ways to have the same kind of warfare and separation based on artificial social constructs. I'm saying bypass that. Let's just start with a material, biological based identity as human species, and let's base so, an economy and a society based on that. Mm-hmm. So me,
0: I'm a, I'm a believer mm. in universal basic income. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think
1: if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken
0: that could work with where you are headed.
1: Yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah, sure. That's a good first step but I'm like basic income still presupposes the existence of currency. Well, I'm like skip that. Let's just directly go to the resources. You know? How how, how, how would uh, so would
0: how would rewards? How will people be rewarded for their labor? Why should people be
1: rewarded for the labor? First of all, so why would, should people be rewarded? Automated? Labor is its own reward, I think, and uh you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, why should labor be rewarded? I just don't know why it should be rewarded. What is the reward? I mean, the reward is a functioning society and a thriving human species. You know, if you had a species first identity. Mm-hmm. The, w- labor to benefit uh, the human species would be its own reward, like an ant. Hmm. Yeah.
0: I might have to look into that uh-huh. deeper because that's mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sounds way too good and utopia for uh, me.
1: Uh, it's also very scary, right? You don't I mean, you do lose the sense of a, scary. individualism like, and oh. things like that. But then, why oh. is individualism so important? Who said it's important? I think that itself is like, let's question that. Yeah. Why, the, the, why? I wanna be. I wanna be an Android. I wanna be an Android. Basically, I wanna be a robot. Okay. You know. <laughs> so I just wanna be a unit. I wanna be a battery that plugs into the matrix. Right? Why am I expected to be a unique individual being? That's too much. Too much expectations. Social expectations for individualism. You know. I agree that there's yeah uh, too much expectations uh-huh.
0: for individualism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, I just don't know how mm. the system will. Uh, what? How we
1: get to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know how. how? We gotta first make a really good song, <laughs> and then we throw a really big party. Oh man! And we invite everybody. Uh. And we change the world. You know, I have no idea. I don't know. Got For that, thing. you gotta ask somebody who's like uh, whatever relevant in 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 culture. I guess I don't. I don't even know what culture is. Like yeah, there's so many cul- definitions. Yes, we can yes. explore the various artifacts and the values and assumptions <laughs> of the different uh, in-group and out-group boundaries that we draw and blah blah blah. But pff, what the hell is culture and who, who is influential? All that like I'm the wrong person. To hey, all. I have that, no idea. that's that's me. Like I'm a battery, we... but I'm unplugged. I'm the battery is rolling on the floor right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: You you could say that, and there's so many people who, I I believe one way or the other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't even realize that they're unplugged. Mm-hmm. But I I just still say, man, if many people realize, like you know, I I, I that there's a reason why I brought up that uh, forum now. I always go on to contribute, mm-hmm. because there are times I hear people talk about. You know there's this line that keeps coming up a lot like you know the other day there was uh I actually missed this session there, there was interracial marriage mm. that came up and the host actually wanted me to attend because he always loves hearing my viewpoint because he knows my viewpoint is one of the mm-hmm.
1: uh it's a it's it's mm. in the minority yeah which is the anti yeah, so yeah you're it's anti like mixing anti. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so uh, a lot of people were like, you know, uh, and it's stuff that I've been hearing since childhood. And <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not against uh, interracial marriages. Yeah, yeah. But I can't I don't see how I can get married to somebody who's not from my culture. You uh-huh. know, uh, I I need so I, I need to be married to somebody who has culture. Oh, and I, to, wow. and yeah. I and they were saying all this and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know, but it's it's a it's on on that day it's a platform where it's just for you to say what you it's, sure, it's, sure. you have the floor. So everybody yeah, yeah. just says it. No, yeah, so yeah. the moderator is always there to say uh-huh. it's you next, you next, you next. He doesn't yeah, yeah. say anything. And if I was there, I would have uh-huh. the, the only question I would have asked is, Yeah, everybody keeps saying I, I need to be married to my culture. They uh-huh. are all from different tribes in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. But I need to get married to my culture. Uh-huh. People only, I'll need to be married to somebody who has culture. Yeah, yeah. So you're denying that the other tribe has uh-huh. culture. Uh-huh. You are only claiming you have culture. And then yeah, a yeah. bunch of them kept saying, No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can only get married to an African. Yeah, yeah. But, and then they raised the rest of Africa yeah, yeah, to yeah. my tribe in Nigeria. Uh-huh. And I'm just there. And then, so I'm like, Okay, I, I don't even mind marrying somebody mm-hmm. from my tribe who grew up in America, it's its, mm-hmm. it's not the first option, uh, but I'd uh, i, I would rather go get married some, to somebody yeah, yeah. in Nigeria from my uh, tribe. Absolutely. But I'm like...
1: Wow. Very specific.
0: It was just fun. Yeah,
1: marry your cousin. Funny. That's why Just I'm telling you it was good you advice. Marry your cousin. I was You know,
0: I, I once met someone on Clubhouse. Uh-huh. There was an argument going on. Somebody called me and I came and this guy was not allowed the woman to speak. Mm-hmm. And she finally spoke. Well, she was making sense. Mm-hmm. Finally, they got to this same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I'm single. I brought a guy from Nigeria. He
1: mm-hmm.
0: came. And we had a kid together. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. He turned mm-hmm. out to be trash, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm single, but I need to get married. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are you looking for in a man? Mm-hmm. She says there everything? And at the end, mm-hmm. Oh, I can only get married to somebody who has culture. I can't get married to these people who don't have culture, so i must uh I must get married to a man from my from my mm-hmm, tribe
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: because yeah we are we are the only people who have culture mm-hmm. and I was like uh, okay mm-hmm, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know the funniest thing she's from Yoruba uh, uh, mm-hmm. people
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. outside yep. of Nigeria yep mm-hmm. has a large population mm-hmm. in Brazil, yeah, yeah yes. So you ruled out Yoruba in Brazil because yep. you said the only place you find Yoruba is in Nigeria. Also, yeah. mm-hmm. So they don't have culture and we know a lot of Yorubas Euro- in mm-hmm. Brazil do mm-hmm. travel to mm-hmm. Nigeria to attend first Yoruba festivals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every year we see them and you see Nigerians posting the photos like, oh look at these people, mm-hmm. they always come home, it's great to see mm-hmm. this, we mm-hmm. love it. And I was wondering, you don't? there's Yorubas in Cuba, there's Yorubas mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in all these mm-hmm. places? And you don't even know, you are not aware. Yeah, 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 Because you've, you've, that wall, you've created that wall. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the more she kept talking, I was like, wait, who are the people you keep referring to that don't have culture? Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh.
0: Yes, you, are you referring to black people in America? Yeah. She's like, oh, no, no offense, no offense uh-huh. to them. But, you know, I, it was slavery that made them not have culture. So uh-huh. I get it. I get, you know, they're, they're always going to club. I don't do clubbing. And uh-huh. I was like, how many Ni- all the nigerians are know go to clubs yeah, yeah yeah of course they're gonna go clubbing of so what are the black people you're talking about you're talking <laughs> of americans born here that <laughs> i just like laughing. i was like yeah good luck good luck on your search because actually I, at first i was thinking of hooking her up with somebody like yeah, yeah. using that to somebody uh-huh. in her town, the city where she yeah, lived yeah. I was like, oh, good thing I never made that mistake, because yeah, yeah, yeah. No I would have gotten a phone say, call later on. So, simple. Yeah. so, no. no, no I was it, was, place. Yeah. it was just, sorry, I was just like, yeah, you haven't talked to somebody, you haven't talked <laughs> to people. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea. And there are so many people that I've met and I've spoken to and I was like, you guys sound like I know from Nigeria Mm -hmm. you guys do it like that too they're like oh you guys do it like that too I'm like yeah but you guys are (laughs) from India you guys are from China you guys Mm -hmm. are from um, wherever yeah yeah. and they'll be like yeah oh
1: wow you guys eat like that Mm -hmm. one day I went to
0: my friend's house when she was living in Astoria Mm -hmm. and they had a rooftop party
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think it was July 4th Mm I can't Mm -hmm. remember what year but Mm -hmm. way before it was time for fireworks and I was uh, we're hanging out on the rooftop mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we're about to head down. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of our neighbors mm-hmm. roasting uh yeah, plantains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I saw the way this guy was roasting plantains. I was like, huh, oh, I've never seen a Latino roasting plantains like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you roasting your plantain mm-hmm. like that? Like, oh, that's how we're doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the last time I saw plantains being roasted like that mm-hmm. was in, was when I was back home. Mm-hmm. He was like, where's home? I was like in mm-hmm. Nigeria. I was like, hey man, we we're family, man. You know, that's how <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, we, we yeah, have yeah, a tie yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what do you eat yours with? I was like, oh well, one part of the country, I know they eat theirs with um mm-hmm. granuts, mm-hmm. which you guys mm-hmm. call yeah, peanuts yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh my side they eat it with um some with roasted fish mm-hmm. and sprinkled with uh, palm oil and mm-hmm. he was like oh wow i would love to try it and then we started talking he was like hey man why are we even talking have some mm-hmm. and he offered mm-hmm. me some and i never saw the guy again but that was it mm-hmm. just from there that was a cultural exchange mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and threads to, yeah. if today i started saying those people don't have culture i think he was from uh the dominican republic mm-hmm. Can I now come out and say they don't have culture? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. How can you say that? How can I say that? So it was just funny here when, when I will be hearing other people talking, mm-hmm. and I always ask them like, "How many people do you talk to from other countries, other places?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many friends do you have mm-hmm. from that place?" It's like it's like when a white person you know, talks about racism and all mm-hmm. that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Do you have black friends?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many black friends do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, how many black friends? Can you call right mm-hmm. now?" Like, Oh, yeah yeah no, no I'm, I'm not racist yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not asking i'm not serious but do you have do you have black friends do you know black people mm-hmm. in your
1: life actual black people
0: do you have them in your life mm-hmm. you don't so how can you really know their experience mm-hmm. how can yes. you
1: Wait, don't. You, know, you know something i, fa- I realized the well, first thing i wanted to respond is unlike that guy uh, from a very young age i was like i'm never marrying an indian woman <laughs> <laughs> can't do it <laughs> no way there's no way you know why Indian women always try to improve you, you know? And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, how can you perfect? This is perfect, you can't improve this, you know? <laughs> so luckily, my wife, i married, she never tried to improve me, God bless her. You she sure? loves me for who I am, you know? She does, she does, very subtly, you know? But Indian <laughs> women are like always like, okay, what's next? What's next? You don't know, no. <laughs> know, uh, but second thing, I realized, you know what? I have no American <laughs> friends. I have no American friends. My friends are all Chinese. They're all Pakistani. Uh, you know, they're all Caribbean. But I have no American friends at all. I know two or three Americans. So when
0: need, and we, they're Irish, we need to start Irish a campaign. American. Huh? We need to start a campaign. Yeah. Amer- we need American friends. For, I, need Amer- for I have
1: no American friends at all. White, black, nothing it's all immigrants now, of course i've lived in only new york in brooklyn for 12 years so maybe it's that <laughs> but you know, i'm just saying i have it's all at least you would think oh I, because when you said you know any black people in my mind i'm like i do but they're all caribbean or african you know yeah there are no like african-american people that i know at all in brooklyn there are no americans in new york city basically right <laughs> Well, yeah. No, I mean, I've never met an American oh, in New you, York City. You, you met Josh. Okay, you one. Josh, is, like, hey, Josh no. is an American. Okay, nice. You got one a minority. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so anyone listening, if you wanna apply, you know if you're American, uh-huh. you wanna apply. Yeah. Reach out so we can hook yeah, you. up Yeah, I want to inter- interview you. we I set up an interview. I a lot
1: of questions for Americans. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do mm-hmm. you watch Atlanta? Oh, I love that show. Yeah, a very good show. So
0: you, nice. you saw the the Rich Uyghur, Poor Uyghur episode. Uh,
1: which one was that? Uh, the, the, the
0: was it episode nine? Where Where the the, the, the black and white episode?
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, that, definitely. That, that's what you just what reminded you? me of where uh-huh.
0: where the kid was being interviewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh we're, man. We're gonna have our interview for yeah, any yeah. any American applying to be yeah, Ashwin's yeah. friend. Yes. You're gonna face your interview. Yeah. And I'll be on the panel. Definitely.
1: To make sure. Yeah. And they don't they don't have to be white or black. They just gotta yeah. be red, white and blue. Yes. Yeah. That's that's all. Uh-huh. That's all we ask. Yep.
0: But you're gonna face questions. Oh yeah. Good questions. And yes. It will also help you yes. to, if you've given Show me five me stars. Show me your gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, if What you, kind if of you, gun do you <laughs> If you've given me five stars, that might help you, you know, mm-hmm. that might help you, but uh, mm-hmm. and donations too. That might, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I accept yes. bribes, but I'm, I'm just saying yeah. it, might, it might make you look good. Just yeah. Saying. But yeah. We'll oh, see your guns. Yes. Oh, yeah, there'll be questions. Yeah, I want to
1: see your Ford F-150.
0: Yeah, damn right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Damn right. You better know how to mm-hmm. sing your country music. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. Yeah, we won't give you all the questions right now, but no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll test you on everything. just
1: a teaser, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is your favorite Middle Eastern country to bomb? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, uh-huh. the
0: Americans are nowhere. I know someone who might apply, though. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, based on that question, yeah. he <laughs> <it, apply> quickly apply. <laughs> there are so many flavors out there. There's so he many was, flavors. Of he me, will man. apply quickly. Oh man, yeah, mm. he will apply quickly, and um, yeah, he has a, d- a dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the, the the other one, he he might be like, um, excuse me, excuse me, Raph. Um, yeah, was it was it being serious? Or not? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you you've known me, so yeah, fig, yeah. figure that out. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> for those of you listening, yeah, if, this, if this is, is your not first a co- time.
1: Yeah, this is not a comedy podcast, yeah. right? Uh, it's everything. Man. No, it's, it's reality, right? Yeah, well, now yeah. it's reality. Yeah. If, yeah, if yeah, this is your first base.
0: time listening, you're in the multiverse.
1: Yeah. So, welcome. This is uh, simultaneously, <laughs> it's satire for legal reasons, but it's the realist podcast. Out there. Oh, yeah. man, no, it's satire. It's, uh, it's satire, it's satire. Like, oh, everything man. we discuss is happening in Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: That's why I said the multiverse. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. happening in another universe. Yes. So... We are going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and then when we come back, we are going to dive into the main, the main juice. You're going to spill the main juice. Hi, everyone. We've made it two years, and who would have thought so? So let's go for that. And make it three, make it four, make it five, make it six. Who knows? Twenty. But we can't do this without your support. So join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash white label american pod pod or linktree.com slash white label american go there and you'll see our patreon link and you can join us for as low as three dollars we have bonus content we have bonus materials there's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public and yeah you can contribute in making this podcast better you can send questions you can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to you know take care of people who help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company okay welcome back so Ashwin, mm-hmm. last time you we were here mm. we had a great episode, and Thanks. after that, you got some news, oh yeah, I changed I kind of changed your
1: perspective on uh-huh. certain things. so what was the news that you got uh well, wow. you know this is like I don't even know what you have on your screen over there, but I'm gonna go with my autism diagnosis, mhm, yeah. Is yes. that it? Awesome. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, I found out I'm autistic. You know, I uh, my son had uh, speech delays. Oh. And so we were getting him tested. Good. Okay. And, you know, what we discovered along the way was that as we were doing his test is that we, we were getting him diagnosed for autism. And the, the person doing the diagnosis is looking at me and she's like, hey, by the way, I think, Dad, you need to also go get yourself checked. I'm like, why? She's like, you're nodding yes for every answer, for every question. Oh, wow. And uh, you need to get yourself checked. So then I had to uh, get myself a diagnosis and it turns out that I'm autistic. And it's like, it, it was like so life-changing for me. If Everything in my past suddenly kind of like fit. It made sense. A lot of like experiences and uh you know. So just
0: you nodding yeah. like is it yeah, yeah. that you were doing the stereotypical Yeah yeah Indian I was doing the head sti- nod
1: no I was <laughs> <laughs> Hey. <laughs> hey, that was a joke I had about oh, that when I was in the Middle East. Oh my god, did you literally just call every Indian person artist? <laughs> hey, I, 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 I had to make sure, I had to make sure
0: because oh, that
1: was no a joke that one of my no Indian buddies problem. when I was in the Middle East oh, made god, up. With you that really head got nut. me with that one. Oh. Yeah, I think it was my Indian, <laughs> yeah. it was my
0: Indian <laughs> chemistry professor uh-huh. that I had a joke about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the head nod. But Uh it was actually the other way, saying no. Yeah, yeah. But he's saying yes when saying no.
1: Do you you, you understand the Indian head nod? Do you know what it's about, the Indian head nod? Okay, so Indian people sometimes are more fine with ambiguity. Oh. So it's just, it is to uh, have an expression to express ambiguity. You know, so for instance... Uh, the meaning of the Indian head nod Mm -hmm. changes with the intensity with which you shake it, right? So for instance, ask me if I like your cooking, you know? Do you like my cooking? Yes. So the vigorous Indian head nod is enthusiasm. But now again, ask me. Do you like my cooking? That's ambiguity, that's neither yes nor no, it's, it's more like, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. Oh. I, I don't want to give you either answer, I don't want to commit to saying yes or no. I don't want to offend you. So I give you the Indian head on and you can interpret it to whatever degree you want it to. Wow. That's up to you, so you don't lose face. And so it's to introduce ambiguity into a It's kind a of too late
0: now for <laughs> me to go back to Bahrain and be like, look here, man,
1: I know what you was doing.
0: I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need I need I need a time traveling uh, mm-hmm. teleporter too. mm mm-hmm. Telepaths.
1: Take me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I got the diagnosis and everything made sense. And then I was like, uh-huh, how do I embrace this? And I realized like, okay, fine, then if I have if I am truly like faking every social interaction that I'm having, then why don't I just fake being the person that I like being? You know, so it just gave me so much relief. Hmm. And I felt so, I've been like so free. I've had this sense of like freedom and agency, which I did not have before. Like th- so many things make sense. A lot of conflict. So pe- a conflict with people, conflict with the institutions, my inability to grasp things that other people take for granted. My very good ability in uh, research skills. Yeah. I am not a good researcher. I just ask questions about things that other people take for granted and that makes me a good researcher. Wow, yeah. okay yeah Can you give me an example of that? For instance, like one of my very you know like my my whole research topic itself is about, employment right my whole phd dissertation ah, by the way i did a phd at one point you know i was my whole phd dissertation was about the role of technology but specifically as it relates to changing notions of employment as i was starting to see myself like how that 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 notion of secure employment was kind of fading away in uh, and in, it was being replaced by free, other forms of like ad hoc work You know, which is much more fragile and insecure uh, economic relationships. And for me, I was so very interested in employment because I've never been employed. So for me, it was just like, I don't understand being employed Hmm. to the extent I don't understand it so much that I have to spend so many, like, so much time studying it and analyzing it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, same things, things like culture too. Like I never understood culture religion I never understood it I never had that feeling and
0: uh, that's why yeah yeah, I mentioned it first and hence
1: I would then my my strategy is to intellectualize it and analyze it and research it you know as a response to not being able to be a part of it you know so that sense of always being an outsider or being an observer in society it kind of like suddenly it clicked in my head it's just it's not that it's not a role that I'm playing it's just who I am. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I I re- really recommend everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Check out your your first episode. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because um, it connects. Yeah, it connects. It connects. So yeah, it it was really life changing for me. Life changing diagnosis. Like I used to think I was depressed. I used to think I was anxious. Then I mm. now I know like no it's. I am an autistic person having a very normal reaction to e- stimulus. Wow. Yeah. Well, Now, are my reactions not socially acceptable or they may be extreme or things that other people are able to bear or take for granted for me stands out more? Mm-hmm. Maybe, perhaps. But my reactions to them are normal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, it made me also feel more like sensitive to like how much institutions enact violence against neuroatypical people, even today. You know, uh, through you know behavior modification therapy, electroshock therapy, uh, you know negative stimulus, electric shocks yeah. is still a a method used to deal with severely autistic people. Usually, black and brown teenagers from New York City who are shipped to Massachusetts to undergo this therapy. So if there days? are photos of this, you can check on Google Maps where there are a lot of children wearing backpacks in their and treadmills, and uh, that's that's a punishment device that's still being used as oh so a way to prevent people. Yeah, it's a literally a remote control that you point at them and you press it, and then um, it shocks them one one child in two thousand and twelve was shocked thirty six times oh. in a single night once for not taking off his jacket, yeah, and thirty five times for screaming and twitching while being oh. given an electric shock. yeah that you yeah. know, and stuff like that, just systematic violence against neurotypical people is very casual, very casual violence that it happens, you know right there in broad daylight and you know we seem to be just not aware of it or okay with it yeah Uh, and uh, I I was very like sensitive to it like I myself uh, you know being uh, 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 having experienced physical corporal uh, Mm -hmm. violence punishment yeah of course especially in school and I always used to ask myself why am I not able to sit still Mm -hmm. why why do I always get kicked out of class why am I disruptive And now i kind of understand it so i kind of get it like it must have been very difficult for my parents and my teachers and whatnot like from an institutional perspective when you're trying to maintain as much benefit at the lowest cost to the most number of people you know it's hard to deal with the outliers and the disruptors you know and so you enact violence or exclusion social exclusion as a strategy you know like you can't deal with it you know, that's what the Kennedys did, and that's what rich people do still today, you know, like with their uh, mentally challenged relatives, they just hide them mm. completely, like nobody ever. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I was aware of uh, a bunch of families doing that mm-hmm. around me, and, and technically we did that with my uncle too, Yeah, who had some mental challenges, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. either hide them or you yeah. you deny them. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, whichever one is more convenient. Definitely. Or so you ship them to um, out of sight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, out of bounds, you know.
1: Yeah, but I also at the same time now have new gratitude to a lot of people and communities that supported me. Yeah. And had patience with me for years together. I must have really tested people's uh, patience with me, and they stuck around and they supported me and they helped me. Like I make a living, I have a job, and you know I have. Mm-hmm. A, a, three in fact you know yeah uh, and uh, i'm able to like thrive you know here yeah, because of understanding people and like opportunities that i had and also luckily i also had some skills you know that were useful i guess um but uh, that's not everybody
0: yeah that's not everybody that's, that's true. not everybody
1: we have really really constructed again going back to this notion of social constructs mm-hmm. aha <laughs> ah, that's okay. is that something to do I know there's a uh. consistent logic here going back to that is that yes you know we are living in a society that is determined mainly by neurotypical people the social constructs and rules that we create are, are what like neurotypical people take for granted uh, what I am biologically and materially slightly different as a whatever genetic configuration and therefore what I deserve, social exclusion and poverty and homelessness, drug addiction, mm-hmm. imprisonment. Who do you think is in prisons right now? It's autistic people.
0: I I I I don't doubt that. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I recommend episode 119, which is part one with Ashwin. Mm-hmm. Go check it out, people. Another recommendation I'll give is um, the neuro... Uh, Neuroscientist uh, Robert Mm Saponoski. That was the first person that I listened to Mm -hmm. when Ezra Klein was still back at Vox. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time it dawned on me that the criminal justice Mm -hmm. uh, system is uh, deeply flawed. Because he he was the one who opened my eyes to... um, the 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 mental health defense that mm-hmm. we use mm-hmm. is based on a four hundred year old mm-hmm. law and has never been updated. Yeah. and how many people who are sentenced, even people who have quote unquote committed mm-hmm. criminal acts and whatever, yes, there's uh, they are not really if we really want to go into the details. Mm-hmm. And not just say we are looking at the physical action. Sure, there is something b- missing in there, and there's mm-hmm. something like they, that. If we are looking at it from the professional point of view,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It, you can't. It's it's a lot of these cases are not tried, right? A lot mm-hmm. of things yes. are wrong, and mm-hmm. when he, he there's no way you listen to that interview and then you mm-hmm. read his book. I've forgotten what the title of the book, but I do have it. It's, it just, you can't come out of that interview just and just say, oh yes, lock them up, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Th- shoot them, uh, mm-hmm. death sentence. Hey, you can't, you mm-hmm. just can't accept you are that type of yeah. special person. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And th- that's why with the moment you, you you brought that up, uh, it didn't surprise me because mm-hmm. I, I've seen, I was born in a country where, you know, we don't even have this language yet. Yeah. So I can't even imagine yeah, how many people, yeah, you know. Totally. So hearing this mm-hmm. in America, and he's mm-hmm. talking about America, and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. if this is America, then how much mm-hmm. more the mm-hmm. other places? Yes. So uh, that's why I always tell people, like, I recommend mm-hmm. you listen to this man. When he's talking, you hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about the people, the circumstances you've, you are aware of, the people you've seen in your life. Or then. Yeah. Apply that, and be like, "Oh, is the justice system? Mm-hmm. You know the way it's, it is now. Mm-hmm. Is it just a matter of he did this or she did this? Mm-hmm. Send them to jail. Is that it? Mm-hmm. is that? Are you mm-hmm. satisfied with that? If you say yes, okay. But deep down, you know that's not the answer. You yeah. know because a lot needs to be done. There's something mm-hmm. else that needs to be done, and uh, that's I'm I'm not the uh, I'm not." I'm not the type who's like, do away with prisons, throw away all the prisons, and you know, but I do believe that there needs to be a reform. Mm -hmm. We can't just say, do it like that. Do it, do do it, just keep doing it the same way we've been doing it. Because the the moment I heard that interview, I was like, wow, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just made sense. True. It made sense. I knew that, yeah, there was something broken. True. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, i wasn't surprised so uh how has this uh new uh, this diagnosis um how has it affected your self-image mm. although even though you've talked a little bit about it mm-hmm. but how has it affected your self-image and um how your parents raised you looking back now how your parents yeah, raised yeah, you
1: yeah.
0: and how you're you, uh, you're already parenting uh-huh.
1: how has it affected oh, yeah. all that Oh, tough one. So, you know, I kind of like, now I think back and I, like, as I said, you know, uh, some of it now I'm like, I'm really angry, at, like, when I think back, I'm like, mm. I should have been supported better, I should have been allowed to pursue my interests, which whatever I was pursuing, I believe, and I still believe, wasn't, you know, good intent. You know, and uh, I was—I probably would have been good at, you know, and, and instead being forced to go down uh, a path to study uh, to you know, pursue STEM education, yeah, you know, or being forced into it just because I was uh, good at it, some of it, yes, I hated it, you know, and putting me like in a in a regular school setting. It was a very, very painful and excessive to the point where, for both, for the teachers, for the other students, I was a disruptive student. Mm. I would talk back. I would talk back because I didn't know it was, I just didn't understand the social rules and hierarchies. I would talk back to the principal. I would get in trouble a lot, you know. Um, so it was, it was a difficult, fraught relationship, you know. And similarly, in general, I just can't deal with authority, you know. It just sits wrong with me. I just can't deal with it. I never could. Religion, police, the law, justice, whatever. My own father, my parents, my teachers, no one. I was, it was just, I was against everybody. I was very, very, very angry. I was an angry, angry child, you know, I was just very angry, just was pissed off. You know, I was, a, you know, I was just like, it was just like that, you know, that was just the environment. Always on the defense, always ready to fight, always ready to throw down all all the time. You know, just angry, just super super angry at the world. You know, uh, my whole life, and that includes immense amounts of conflict uh, with my with my dad. You know, and my 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 dad also. Now that I reflect on it, was neuroatypical. He also had a lot of problems. You know. Oh which I didn't think about. I, I mean, I always knew. I just said, oh, he's crazy. You know? Oh, wow. I said, oh, my dad, my dad's just crazy. He's like weird, whatever. But now that I think about it, it is so, so, so obvious that he himself is like a, like, you know, he was abusive because he himself comes from like a abused, Yeah, he was an abused child. He was neuroatypical as well. I guess he had like, he was more like, I guess, like BPD, like Borderline Personality Disorder. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but also, he had immense amount of anxiety. Oh, wow. Economic anxiety and, you know, stuff like that and job stress, blah, blah, which he would take out on his family, you know. Yeah. He was a selfless human being. He did nothing for himself. Right? He did nothing. He didn't have any bad habits. He wouldn't spend, he wouldn't smoke or drink or like uh, go out, nothing. For him, family was everything. But from a patriarchal perspective where it's like, it's because he saw us as extensions of himself. Oh, Right? Okay. So it's like that. So he's like, oh, I am the head of the family and I control from blah, blah. But he was a very selfless, like he did nothing for himself. You know, he would not go on a week. He, he had no hobbies. Mm. His entire thing was always the, somehow the progress and the development of the family. You know, so he was really, really obsessed and very really controlling about that. So it's really like good and bad things that yeah. I can kind of like acquired through that warnings of how not to be. A lot of the time, I also aspire to be like him in many ways. You know, in something, you know, the amount of hard work and dedication that he had. He would study. He would study. Even when he was in his fifty. every day he would study. He would write exams. He would get new licenses for aircraft. He was an aircraft maintenance engineer. And so w- one of his dreams was to, uh, which he did before he died, was to get a license for a Boeing 787, uh, which he had. And he achieved it. Yeah, he achieved it. He, every, every, he was the only person in his entire airlines who would, he had licenses for every single plane in their fleet whether or not it landed in his station so they would send him out they would send him to the middle east they would send him to he spent he lived three years in france and three years in new jersey Uh, yeah and so you know for a long time we were separated my mom also was with him for a while so that was the best time of our relationship i think that was the best thing that happened to us I uh, was him like leaving, going to France, he really mellowed out after that. I guess he got more perspective when he came back and after, he, he came back to India in May 2010 and I came to the U.S. in August 2010. So we just had the two months there with each other after six years of separation. Yeah. And I came here, he was there, we saw each other a couple of times and then he died of cancer so that was pretty, uh. but that was, the you know, really, being separated was good. Really fixed our relationship. <laughs> really <laughs> fixed our relationship, sorry. That's <laughs> funny, but. I wasn't expecting yeah, yeah. that, but. <laughs> and my mom, on the other hand, I feel so bad for her oh. now. I have so much more respect for her, and I have no idea how she handled everything, you know. She's really stuck it out. I mean, I have so much respect for her. Like, she really, really, really tried. You know her best to support me throughout my life every you know really she really really tried her i just have no idea how she put up with my dad for so long
0: and how I did she have the patience it's it, just it, i like, think it, it
1: starts to our patriarchal society yeah it, too, I, I, there is just no other alternative option yeah, yeah. from basically one
0: will look back I should, yeah i remember when hmm. i was uh i was already a young Becoming a young adult when yeah, I, yeah. oh yeah, just about to become a young adult, when I yeah. began to find out mm-hmm. that my mom had been in a, uh, previously in a problematic relationship mm-hmm. with my, with the dad of my elder brother,
1: yeah,
0: who she was married to, and
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that
0: guy used to beat the hell out of her. Oh my
1: God. Like
0: beat the hell out of her, and then would, while she was going for her master's. Yeah. And all that, and she was still cover for him yeah, go to yeah. school, and of course students would notice, like even with the makeup, her mm-hmm. eyes were still swollen and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And I was reading all that, but I was mad at my mom. Like, uh-huh. Why were you covering for him? Yeah. Why were you all that? But yeah, well, She yeah. already had a baby boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, of course she was supposed to be a good wife. Yeah. Um, then it was years later that I would find out that oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was kind of like an arranged marriage in a way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: all the parts that I, didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of, of mm-hmm. the guy, mm-hmm. of uh, both of them arriving to America. Mm-hmm. And then you discover this guy had like five kids from mm-hmm. two different women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All that part was left out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, oh, she was troubled. And instead mm-hmm. of, that's why he beat her. Mm. so you're like oh but m- maybe if you were a little bit nicer maybe if you were mm-hmm. so you're having those type of viewpoints because you know obviously the woman said something that's why the man beat mm-hmm. her then you're like wait there was how many kids and mm-hmm. like, oh actually it's even more than five mm-hmm. it was almost like ten I'm Like, I how many where this man getting all these kids from because <laughs> my brother mm-hmm. got i mean mm-hmm. i don't know how many siblings he got but they're all older than him mm-hmm. and i'm like what where, where do, when this man was having all these kids i don't know yeah. But somehow you're discovering them, and yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where the money was coming from to take oh, care man. of them. Yeah, yeah. When, so of course there was gonna be fighting. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. But she was stuck with him, and I guess one day the beatings were too much. But obviously, oh, oh. I guess the other women went through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like actually three women. Oh man! And that man had more than ten kids before yeah, yeah, my yeah. brother. Oh
1: yeah! Wow.
0: So. Yeah, actually, the, mm. it made sense when he died. Like the first two, they mm. the were like, "Good luck with him. You know, oh, we don't care." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the ones in Nigeria who were like, "Oh, yeah. you, you, oh he has died. And we need to bury him." And yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, Well, him my that." So yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of women put up with some stuff, yeah. and yeah, I no, get it. The definitely. way she talks now, yes. and she wants. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not you. I don't have to yeah and my daughter doesn't need to go through that yeah, um, yeah. i'm not yeah yeah the first yeah. thing i'm teaching is, uh, you're free to go yeah you don't have to put up with that kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but it's yeah. that patriarchy they grew up on that because yes my yeah. mom was an abnormally for her time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she came uh, when they kicked out mm-hmm. nigerians from ghana mm-hmm. where she grew up mm-hmm. excuse me she moved to nigeria with a university degree she was mm-hmm. ahead of so many men she was a threat, so a mm. lot of men were insecure. And then she would come back from United States with a master's ahead of a lot of men yeah. again. Um, we are from a minority tribe, so uh, uh, the, the the you have to be married to your culture, right? So how many men could? You no, know, many of them couldn't, and uh, except you want to be like second wife or third wife, kind of thing. So the options were limited, and then you now find okay this one's educated maybe it could work out and you end up with a monster so yeah that's uh it's and then the shame the stigma because if you want to divorce oh well you know you with you you are very picky that kind of thing you know so and then you, you don't even realize that maybe the the, the man should be seen a therapist, the man is actually Yeah, you know, no, and they won't. Of they thing. won't. Well, they of no, course. they it, never would. It's like the ones who are impotent. Yeah, yeah. It's never the man's fault. It's always the woman. You can't bring children. Oh no, and man. All all that. So there's so much.
1: there's a whole bunch of there's a whole no. other layer there. So Dude, that's the thing, it's like it's this conflict with me. Mm-hmm. like my father was incredibly loyal. Right? incredibly incredibly loyal dedicated loving hardworking and you know like um he's very strong moral fiber the but abusive yeah he had no bad habits he had he would really really selfless to the point where we would be like oh my god just go get some friends or, or hobby but so those something. are the
0: type of men who yeah. When if, if the woman were yeah. to complain about him, yeah, they will say, Are you not happy? What are you complaining about? Do you yeah, yeah.
1: we will kill for that type of man exactly? We'll yeah, kill. So yeah, it's yeah. hard to even say, be like, oh, Yeah, music. but my husband beats me every day, your husband never beats you because it, it, um, it's like, I like, but yeah, he, I doesn't, would rather smoke. Be, yeah. he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, doesn't drink. What he are you complaining about? Home. Yeah,
0: what are you complaining about?
1: My he comes dad home from from work would never spend money on himself. He would save. Yeah, and that that, that sounds like my mom. My mom did and that And he would just <laughs> invest, invest and invest and invest money, and that's all he would do. And uh, you know, really, my mom the, invested the money on, yeah. on her siblings, and uh-huh. the whole
0: community. That, mm-hmm. that was the only difference, mm-hmm. but it was part of the family. We have yeah, to yeah. family.
1: I think she was the Vin Diesel before Vin Diesel, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh. yeah, it's just I learned a lot, but at the same time I was like, no, nah, I'm never gonna. And for me, that was also a, a big deal. Was also for me, it was like, oh, it may. I was like, oh, I used to blame his job. I mean, oh, his job is so stressful. Yeah. And they used to treat him like shit, and you know, like uh, he was. Al- he would also face a lot of uh, caste-based discrimination, and uh, you know, because mm. of his language and his race and his uh, all that. So he would face that in his organization, you know, which was dominated by North Indian people. So there was a lot of that as well, so political stuff. And so uh, for me, there was a big uh, motivation to never uh, get a job wow. yeah, and be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I will work for myself. I will not get a job. See, and that's another, I was like, another anti-authority. Another yeah. similarity uh-huh. again with a lot of Nigerians uh-huh.
0: oh, so yeah. where they will say, I will yeah. not work for any... Someone say, I'm not working for yeah. any white man. Someone say, I'm not working for anybody. I'll be anybody. my own
1: boss. I'll be my own boss. No, yeah, I, used I to say that all the
0: time. When they say that, I'm like, uh, you know where I've heard that? They're yeah, like, where? Yeah. I'm like, the other people will say that too. You're not the only one. Like, what other yeah. people say it outside of Nigeria, I'll like, say, yes.
1: Yeah. You're not alone. And my dad will say, oh, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> want to be your own boss? Show me. Do it. And mm. I'm like, hey, wait, wait. Okay. So, yeah, uh, all, you know, it was part of it too. Wow. But um, now, I, yeah, well, I just have so much, so much respect for my mom, you know. It's just incredible how hard she worked and how much she, how many secrets she had to keep just so that me and my brother could enjoy, you know, pursue our interests. So, yeah. going forward with all this, mm-hmm. what's your your
0: parenting goal for your family Parenting goal,
1: now? yeah, yeah, you know, look, look, I, am I able to escape the patriarchy no i'm not able to escape the patriarchy i still have those drives and desires and and ambition and things like that which you know Mm -hmm. uh, which i have which where the cultural expectations of like being a man and providing earning uh, saving investing there is a saying that a man should provide for seven generations so my my people believe in ancestral reincarnation. Not that we will be reincarnated as uh, cows or dogs or whatever as okay. uh, as the Hindus do. But rather in ancestral reincarnation where basically you are reincarnated as your descendant. Uh. And you are a reincarnation of your ancestor. Mm-hmm. And so therefore saving up money and ensuring the success of your descendants for seven generations will guarantee that when you are reborn, you are reborn in a comfortable economic position. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, so the, those Nigerian kind of like things tribes. still okay. do have an effect on me and I'm like also constantly trying to So are, are you are you driving paper, that you know, message stack, into your child already? Huh? Are you driving that message into your oh, child? no way, uh, no way. He's a baby. He's enough. No way. He's my yeah, prince. He goes subconsciously. No subconsciously. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he may notice it in my absence. So that's like really what affects me. Is like, I, I mean, I try to live my life as flexibly as possible. Okay. I work from home. You know, I spend a lot of time with my child. I don't have to go to an office. I don't have to travel or whatever we We spend a lot of time together, but still I feel guilty. I hate going to meetings and stuff like that because takes me away from him and oh. um, I do try to be there from him, but at the same time, there is this constant feeling of like inadequacy. It's like no matter I was just telling um gotcha. I was just thinking earlier that you know it's like really it's like no matter how much you earn, it's just never enough It's and never, that feeling it's... of enough never there i'm like and i'm realizing that like it's like really it's ne- that feeling that satisfaction you never really achieve it you're really chasing this so recently i'm like i'm i'm like okay fine whatever i'm trying to kind of achieve this balance right now like let me why should i constantly try to thrive let me just try to survive for a second let me just try to exist and find that balance I'm constantly, constantly looking for opportunities everywhere. And it's like i at this point, I'm like, what are the pros and cons of each opportunity? Balance is where it's at. Yeah. That's what I would yeah, tell yeah. you.
0: So we gotta wrap up. Thank you again for coming in. And final thing I'll say to you is, uh, remember what you said in the first episode? <laughs> Borrow from your South American inspirations. Oh, yeah. With the way they are they they take to time, the way uh-huh. they use time. Uh-huh. Yes, borrow what you said about that.
1: So, final thing you like to leave the audience mm-hmm. with. Go. Oh, Listen, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I did say hopelessness is a big problem and the only solution is not like institutional, it's cultural. But I think maybe, I don't know, that we could do something as individuals. Also, we can take a little bit of responsibility in instilling hope both in ourselves and in others, you know. Uh, I just want to leave people with the possibility of hope itself. It's an option. It's an option. We can consider it at least, you know, and it becomes difficult to do it by yourself, which is why, uh, you know, I think seeing it from another person's perspective is so important. There's always an option. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I say. So where can the people find you, especially for those who are joining for the first time?
1: Plug yourself in. How am, I'm not on social. I, I, I stay away from all that life, you know. But, well, uh, at least you can hey, plug find in me, rice products. Just, yeah, just want. just Google my name. <laughs> find me. The only thing I respond to is LinkedIn. Okay. You know, really. I'll, I'll, so is it okay if me. I post the, the link? Post my LinkedIn. That's the only social. I don't use Twitter, Facebook, none of that. Stuff. Okay. Wow. And I am not a big poster too. So I only do direct. Maybe I should just give people my email, my phone number. Just text me. <laughs> It's the best way to reach me. Join, uh, yeah, add me to your Slack channel and whatever. All right. You know, email me, but do not try to reach me, reach out to me on social media. All right. So, Mm. LinkedIn, yeah, and Google his name,
0: and Uh riceproducts.co.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. All right.
0: So, thank you again. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. And please send in your feedback and, uh, yeah, let us know if you had. Um, anything that changed your viewpoint about your parents years afterwards, uh, after they passed away or, you know. uh, Yeah, if anything happened to you later on in life. Yeah, send me your feedback. So thank you for the privilege of your company. Join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at whitelabelamerican. Thank you for your support.